0: UEG Talks. Gastroenterology to go. Welcome to our GI podcast. Listen for fresh insights and perspectives
1: in science, education, and professional development. Hello, everyone. My name is Agle, and I'm the host of UEG Talks, educational, hopefully fun dive into GI world and beyond. We're happy to have you with us for another exciting episode. And today we're talking about all things medicine, Generation Z, and other disasters. For this, we are very happy to have with us a true unicorn, the only chief of internal medicine in Switzerland who has his staff positions filled up to 2025, expert in the next generation, and a truly mindful boss, Dr. Lukas Zimmerli. Welcome, Lukas.
0: Thank you very much, Egle, for this very interesting introduction.
1: You cannot argue. It's true. It's based on facts. To start with, uh, you have quite an extensive experience in managing young people and done research in this field. So coming from my personal experience, I was wondering, in the first year of medical school, everybody wants to be Dr. House or a surgeon from Grace Anatomy and live in the hospital all the time and be devoted to the profession. But by the time we graduate med school, somehow ophthalmology and dermatology become the hottest specialties that offer the best work-life balance. Do you think that we enter medicine with unrealistic expectations?
0: I think at some point, yes. Do you imagine when you, or did you think about having night shifts, working on weekends 24-7, even at Christmas time? I do not think so. If we think about it, or if we thought about it, it would be mainly day shifts, And then all of a sudden, you realize it's night shifts, it's weekend, it's 24-7 that has to be covered. And I think this might put a lot of stress, especially to the younger generation.
1: Yeah, I think. And also, if you see it in the movies, it's somehow very glamorous. But when you experience 72 hours in the hospital, you don't feel that all (laughs) chipper. No,
0: to be honest, not at all. Exactly. But nevertheless, I think it's still a very interesting job and the young generation is still highly motivated. They have a high level of altruism and this is something we have to keep up when they enter the daily life of a, of a junior physician.
1: So you're tapping into the research that you're an expert. As I understand that to fill the positions in your ward, you've done extensive research in what motivates the next generation or the younger generation. And last year, we published the results of an online survey of high school students who were considering entering medicine. And it showed that, at least in Switzerland, Gen Z students aspiring to study medicine show high intrinsic motivation, altruism, and willingness to perform. And this is nothing new in comparison to the previous generations. So why do you think there is a shortage of medical students and As a consequence, doctors or other medical professionals you mentioned something
0: in the beginning which is quite important to me. I do not feel in positions um, at my word. I am looking for highly motivated and talented people and I think this is a difference. Um, we at our hospital we almost like a family you have to create a team spirit and this is something very important to me and uh, yes you're absolutely correct. This is what surprised me because the younger generation in our survey they are as altruistic and as highly motivated as, for example, Generation Y or Generation X. So the reason to study medicine is still the same as in previous generations. But nowadays, you have to create even more like a sense of coherence in, in daily life at hospital. And this is something new, which we had to do. And yes, um, as you always also said in the beginning, my positions are filled until now the beginning of 2026, and I think this proves that we, we do the right thing.
1: Yeah, just previous to this recording, you mentioned that you're giving a very interesting talk, and I was astonished by the topic of it, that it's how to give feedback to your boss. So is this something that, that your department is proud of to do because it's very unusual and Maybe this is one of the reasons why you are so popular among Swiss. You know,
0: when I grew up um, at med school, um, no news were good news. If I did not hear from my supervisors, I could be sure of that I probably do the right thing. And for the younger generation, no news is absolutely bad news. They want to have feedback constantly. And me too. I'm interested in, in their feedback, how they view the world. But sometimes you have to teach them how to give the feedback because they are not so used to this. They sometimes mix up feedback and leading um, a clinic. And these are two very different things. I'm very interested in feedback, but I don't want them to tell me how I should rule a clinic. <laughs>
1: Okay, so suggestions are good, but impositions are not welcome then. No, not not like
0: that. Um, suggestions are very good. Um, constructive feedback is even better. But there are so many things that they are not aware of. So many things I have to fulfill from economic pressure and all other stuff, which I do not want them to be aware of because they have other duties. So. Um, But when it comes to patients, um, to medicine, I'm very much interested in in their views and I need their feedback as well to be an attractive um, employer as well.
1: Okay, so you manage a huge world with many specialties and coming from your extensive experience managing a lot of various uh, personalities, specialties, interests, and also, coming from your research in what motivates the healthcare system, what do you think is the main difference between the Gen Z and the older generations? I think Gen Z, they want to know
0: why they have to do a job. When I grew up, um, I just did it because I had to do this. And the younger generation, they want to see the reason behind it. And there are so many things, to be honest, on a world round, which might be nonsense, and they do not see the reason why they should do it. And then you have to tell them why it's important they do this and that. And this is probably new that we have to explain things. And sometimes it's good that um, they question things because um, maybe it's not necessary anymore to do anything. Fill in tables, they are not interested to fill in tables. And now we have so good IT solutions which can create us tables, but someone has to produce it or um, create this. And I think this is quite a good task if they start asking questions.
1: But also, it depends on the boss, because not all bosses are very receptive of your questions.
0: Yes, but I think if you're not receptive at all, you will have a problem with um, not finding enough junior doctors, to be honest.
1: Okay, so that's how you well you said, not fill the positions, but find the right person for your word.
0: Absolutely.
1: I was wondering, it's also been mentioned uh, between the lines uh, by you, that since you have a huge word with many different specialists, I was wondering how do gastroenterologists differ from other specialists?
0: That is quite a difficult question. I do not think that they are... So different. They have a very high demanding job. They are in their endoscopy almost the whole day. And sometimes it's quite challenging to get them to a discussion round because gastroenterologists very often they do not leave their endoscopy suite because they have so much work. But to be honest, I do not think that they differ so much from an oncologist or from a respiratory specialist.
1: Okay, I was trying to be a bit provocative, but you're not revealing the secrets that you, <laughs> you you tell people outside of the recordings. Okay, let's leave it at that. You've mentioned before about the the tables and or new technology. And I was wondering, because the new trends in healthcare management are usually consisting of somewhat innovative tools or artificial intelligence uh, using So I was wondering, do you think that this will make medicine even more glamorous as all the paperwork one day might go to to a technological tool? Or is this creating a distance? Because we are now doing some consultations online. We're writing emails instead of seeing the patients. So are we getting far from the patients or are we alleviating the paperwork and administrative um, burden?
0: This is what I hope very much. I hope so, that artifici- artificial intelligence will free up time to have more um, to spend with patients and that it will help me in differential diagnosis, free up time spending with documentation. And I'm very much hoping that I will have more time left for my patients using artificial intelligence.
1: But do you think this will uh, make it for future doctors or nurses, make it more attractive position or less? Because with all the technology, we might be coming far from the patients.
0: I don't think so. You know, my understanding of artificial intelligence is that all professions producing large amounts of data will profit from AI. I think that doctors will still be doctors in 10 or 20 years time. But hopefully, we won't do all these tedious tasks of producing much data, interpreting large amount of data. So I hope that computers or AI or whatever will help us interpreting the data so I will have much more time with my patients and then looking at the results together with the patient and decide what treatment would be best for them. This is what may be a dream, but I hope that um, AI will fulfill this dream for me.
1: Okay, let's hope the future is bright. I was wondering about the global trends. Technology is one, one area, but also, if we look at the media right now, there is huge surge of uh, articles about medical professionals leaving the the field en mass. You know, it's a huge problem in Switzerland. What do you think is driving this trend? Why do people leave medicine?
0: You know, the the young people, as we said in the beginning, they are highly motivated, especially at the beginning of their residency, and then over time they all of a sudden realize that they cannot meet all these high demands. Dealing with patients, then you see, um, you make mistakes. I think every physician will make mistakes. Um, Some you can avoid, some you can't. Some people deal better with mistakes, others um, can't deal with it, um, not at all. And to be honest... The work-life balance of doctors still is not very good. Here in Switzerland, there is now a a big debate. We have the 50-hour-per-week workload. Um, Should we go down to 42? But who will pay for it? There are not enough physicians. Um, The discussion is ongoing. And in this field of tension, we have to, to do good medicine. And I think this is what very often junior doctors, they struggle all of a sudden. And I think this is a pity.
1: It, talking about the mistakes, I was wondering, since you are running this unicorn unit, do you have some kind of a program or is it on a case-by-case basis? How do you deal with the, with the mistakes in your board?
0: Discussing the mistakes or even before discussing especially difficult cases. Um, we very often sit together and discuss the um, patients, multimorbid patients with a lot of disease where you cannot um, fully depend on guidelines and discuss um, what is best for this patient. And then every specialty um, can help um, dealing with these difficult situations. And then eventually, if a mistake happens, you have to discuss the case, but not blame anybody. I think this is the most important thing.
1: So just... In general, you're propagating this culture of discussion without blame.
0: Absolutely. To be honest, who did not make a mistake? I did so many um, and everybody does, but it's not um, about blaming at all. It's about um, creating a culture of openness and discuss things and hopefully that they won't occur anymore in
1: the future. Okay, another good example of how to attract people to your word. Talking about a bit more specifically about choosing medicine, recently I saw an interesting article about dream jobs across the Europe and the choices in Europe range from influencer to entrepreneur. But there is no doctor anymore, not in any of the countries. Do you think that medical profession has lost its glamour?
0: This is difficult. Here in Switzerland there was a recent survey where being a doctor is still among the top three and but I see it in my kids. They are teenagers. Influencer is very popular among them as well. But maybe I'm old. I cannot imagine that you can live as an influencer. But maybe you will in the in the future, don't know.
1: But why why don't anyone want to be a doctor anymore?
0: I think it's the responsibility, it's the duty, it is hard working as well. It's a very long um, medical school, it's six years, all the other university degrees only four or five years. So I think it's still quite hard to get there. And then you're a junior doctor, it takes another five to six years for formation. So it's quite a long education until you're a specialist.
1: Okay, so it's more that there's a huge amount of work to be put in if you want to be there.
0: Probably, yes. yeah.
1: And Instagram might be a bit easier.
0: Potentially. <laughs> I'm not very experienced in Instagram and all this influencer stuff at all.
1: Maybe TikTok. I don't know.
0: Or oh, maybe TikTok. Yes, this is what the hospital directorate asked me, because um, for the future generation to get them, to attract them, we have to do TikTok. But this, to be honest, is a nightmare for me because I think I'm too old for TikTok.
1: What are you doing? What's your response? Are you making short videos or what are you doing with TikTok?
0: Not yet, but this is what they want to do, just to attract the young nurses and other paramedics to come to our hospital.
1: Okay, good luck.
0: Thank you, but not with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We somehow have to wrap up, but to finish it, I was wondering, what's the best advice professionally that you were ever given? This was after
0: medical school. I had the opportunity to present my medical thesis to a very famous American researcher who came to Basel. And then I, my boss told me, yes, he will come next week and then you will present your thesis. And um, I hesitated. And then my supervisor, he got so angry and told me, if someone offers you the stage, you should take advantage of it and not stand on the sideline. And this is something I took for serious. So if someone offers you the stage, go on stage and enjoy it um, eventually. So this is something I think is very important. And this is why I'm here. I never recorded a podcast before, but I thought, yes, why not? (laughs) Let's try
1: We're very happy that you received this advice and you're here with us today and also that you shared it with everybody in the audience because it's worthwhile to take every opportunity that you have.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Lucas, thank you so, so much for your expertise. Um, At least I'm at all with your running the department and how you approach your underlings. And I wish everybody would have a boss like you.
0: Oh, thank you very much. And thank you so much for calling me a unicorn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Lucas, for your time. And we'll see you in the next episode. Ciao.